Sidekicks and henchmen folk out there in the Geek Nation. You're currently tuning into the Cold Pop Podcast live stream, aka Spoiler Alert, where episode 761, uh, we're going to review this past week's comics. We're going to talk about some fun pop culture topics for your listening and viewing pleasure. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA, a super duper radical shop which caters to nerdy and nerd adjacent individuals like yourselves. Joining me tonight are my guests, Brian Lieb. Oh, thank you for having me, JD. Oh, I'll have you. Oh, for dinner? And, and Noel. Sup. You'll have me and Noel. Sup. Anyway, thank you for joining us live (laughs) on Facebook, YouTube, and Twatch. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. The joy of doing this live is you guys hanging out in the chat and talking to us. So, uh, do that. Uh, I have a burp, and then we have letters. We have letters. We have letters. And a burp. Ah, we got one. We got one letter. Is it enough for a whole segment so I can do the little scrolly? Yeah. Hey, go, go scrolly. hey letters. Uh, this this email is called movie reviews. Oh. <laughs> that is from Christopher Saint Saucy. Good night, Christopher. Just just a word. Um, I, I noticed that you guys were all chatting before the show began, and. You don't know Brian's name. Forgot it, right? Unbelievable. I take no offense. Christopher <laughs> I do. Had, I, I am surprised. <laughs> I am surprised. <laughs> I, look, I don't uh, remember uh, anyone's name ever. So, but it's you don't see it written directly below them on a weekly basis. That's actually right? true. Mm-hmm. Context. Yeah, yeah. It's true. <laughs> we all literally have. Oh wait, they're not showing right now. Yeah, that well, is all the, really, uh, our names aren't. The there's 80 things on the screen right now. That's why. Yeah. There it is. There oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. But then they went away. Um. Yeah. All right. All right. So anyway, he sent us a letter. It's called Movie Reviews. Spencer was good. <laughs> Ghostbusters was good. Eternals was good, but long. I had to leave before the post credit stuff to make my showing of Rocky versus Drago. Oh yeah. Which didn't need to be a thing. Um. King Richard was fine, but didn't need to be in theaters, and Will Smith was wrong for the part. I enjoyed Last Night in Soho more than most, but the ending wasn't the best. Looking forward to Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Chris St. Saucy, good night. Uh, I don't know Spencer. I'm excited to see... I'm, I'm excited to... Uh, bleh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the Ghostbusters. Uh, Eternals, I did like very much. I don't know what Rocky vs. Drago is. King Richard... Looks cute. Uh, and last night in Soho, I'm very excited to see. I did not get a chance to see that in the movie theater, but um, I think what's, it's on streaming for like 20 bucks right now. What's the order of them? The first one is... Spencer. No. Spencer. That, that's not the first one he mentions, is it? Yes. Oh, Spencer. Uh, Spencer. I watched The Crown. I'm good. Um, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, the further I'm away from it, 
the more flawed it is. But it was an, it was it was delightful to watch. Um, what was the next thing? Eternals. Eternals was great. Uh, also, the further away I am from it, the longer it feels. But still enjoyed yeah. seeing it. Um, I uh, Rocky versus Oh King Richard. Oh right, it's sorry, a, no Rocky versus. You're right. Rocky Rocky Four Rocky versus Drago the director's cut. Uh, I'll watch it. What? Yeah, oh. S- Stallone went back and Why? did a, a whole. Well, because they gave him money to do a director's cut, so he put like another twenty minutes worth of footage and re-edited the whole movie, and it's like a new movie. Oh. Yeah, I'll watch it. Was I there, enjoy the Rockies. Was there like a problem with the? F- was there a problem with the first cut? Of no, the they just had enough footage, and they were like, "Would you like to reassemble oh. a director's cut?" And he was like, "Absolutely." Huh. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, why not? I haven't seen it since the eighties, but yeah. <laughs> it got it got a limited theatrical release, and it's gonna like hmm. probably be on Blu-ray. Um, I'll watch it because cool. the Rocky movies are they they go from amazing to yeah. awfully fun, and either yeah. way, you're winning. Um, I agree. They did not go the way of the Rambo films. No, <laughs> those just were... became re- weird right wing <laughs> fantasy, uh, violent <laughs> fantasies. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the more modern ones, or did uh, the yeah. older ones? The older ones too, in hindsight, because uh, like it's all about like right. arming Afghans in Burma, and <laughs> right. uh, great. Um, uh, what were the other movies that he put on there? King Richard. Oh, King Richard. It's a sports movie. I'll probably I'll watch it passively at some point. Like it's just an acting yeah. display. Um, and then exercise. Yeah. yeah, Raccoon City. I have absolutely no interest in seeing. It looks like terrible cutscenes of a video game. I can't. Like, I have not enjoyed anything Resident Evil in the last 15 years. Uh, that's pretty much it. I liked Resident RE1. That was it. The movie? Yeah. Resident Evil 1, the movie I liked. That was probably over 15 years ago. I think. I Is that stand? Yeah. How, how long ago was that? Somebody look it up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, oh, wait. If we're we doing, don't do that here on this show. <laughs> if, we're doing, if we're doing random reviews, um, uh, the new Dexter is really enjoyable. <laughs> Hate hated the last couple seasons of the season of the series, yeah. just like everyone says they are all right. It was a terrible ending, but the new show is really great. It just picks up ten years later, and you're and and they're, you're there. It's fine. Sweet. Nice. Uh, Star Trek I've been Discovery watching... premiered last night. It was oh awesome. shoot, yes. nice. I'm gonna wait for like oh, not last night, last week. I'm gonna wait for like yeah. two or three episodes to pile up. I'm right. I'm not good with weekly on those on that show. It's just great all to right. binge. Uh, from what I really heard. Sad if- uh, this is going to be a more, I, there's like a season long story, but it's, um, uh, they're doing more, um, individual episode kind of bottle episode stories. And, uh, I don't know if it counts as a bottle episode. I'm not exactly sure. That's like with a limited cast too, right? Uh, yeah. Like just, you know, when they go to one planet and it's focused on like four of the cast members or something like that. Oh, right. Yeah, it's just a, well, a like more limited thing. episode, a bottle episode. That's not, that's, that doesn't uh, really work towards the larger overarch of the season. Just a. I lo- love that show. Yeah. However, I am, I was 65% there for Michelle Yao. Ah, uh, yeah. So. I'm kind of hoping, like, it seemed like they gave her a really nice send-off, but I'm kind of hoping it doesn't stick and she comes back. Me too. Well, so, you know, she's, they were planning on doing a show with her, um, and I, that's yeah. why she left. 
Um, We've, you, you have yeah. you have the memory of a goldfish because we talked about this. It was like, <laughs> oh, well, they're talking about doing a uh, what is it? The group called. 30, section 31? Uh, section a whole 31. Section 31 yeah. show focused on her. And Which were... one are you? Are you are you Brian or which you're the other one? What? He's which a goldfish now. now. He's a goldfish. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this and your response to me at the time when I said, oh, well, she might end up getting her own show was, yeah, but she's... I remember this now. Yeah, but she's not on the show that I was watching. And and yeah. you, you cried a little. Yeah. So I'm like... Mm. Yeah. Is she still getting a show? I don't know. Now that I've remembered that it's supposed to happen? Maybe. Who knows? I mean, I haven't heard anything about it in a while. And it was like two years ago that they were talking about it. But it's Star Trek. They never leave things alone. Ever. I was hoping that she would be still in the same same area as Discovery. You know. She had to go. She had to go back to her original time. To fix everything? Yeah. So yeah. that means she's yeah. in the same timeline right now or the same area yeah. as the new Star Trek show, Brave New Worlds. So maybe she's going to be in true. that shit. You don't know. That's true. Star Trek never yeah, leaves an idea happen. on the table. If anything, they beat mm. good ideas like Dead Horses amongst 15 shows over the course of 40 years. No, it's Danny true. Like, Mirror Tig- Universe, let's do it again. This, let's do this again. Yeah. Like, they bring yeah. back good ideas. So I wouldn't <laughs> think that she's gone forever. Yeah. Uh, if Tig is still on, I'm good, says Danny. She's on. She yeah. is I like on. She's, 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 uh, yeah, she's really cool. Yeah. Very uh, unexpected, uh, too, because she was just like partway through the second season, you know? Yeah, just like showed up. Yeah, I didn't expect her to stick around, and then here she is. It's cool. Uh, since we're doing what we're watching, what am I watching? Oh, The Morning Show. Uh, uh, yeah. Somehow I gained access to Apple TV. I think it was by buying an Apple TV. And uh, all of a sudden, I had access to uh, the morning show with uh, the lady from Friends and the lady with the chin from the Alabama. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. And uh, The Office. (laughs) His name is The Office. What's his name? Steve Carell. The Office. Yes. His name is The Office. He's great. Steve Office. It's a really good show. Yeah. So I, we blew through season one, and now I'm uh, sl- we're slowly going through season two. It's delightful. I love it. You should. You should. I know and you watched the first season of uh, Te- uh, uh, Ted Lasso, but you should watch the second now too. Yeah. Oh, it's on my list. I like. I like Ted Lasso a lot. All right. Thank you, Christopher Saint Saucy. Good night for uh, forgetting Brian's name, and also that email. Are we ready to talk about this week's books? We probably are because we're going to. Can't stop, won't stop. Superman, Son of Kal-El, number five. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. From DC Comics. Written by Tom Taylor. With art by John Timms. Uh, Burp brought to you by Sam Adams' Holiday White Ale. It's citrusy and hazy. Faster than fate. As powerful as hope. Able to lift us all. For all his great power, John Kent can't save everyone, but that won't stop him from trying. How much can Earth's new Superman do before this Man of Steel buckles? And when he does, who swoops in to save Superman? Um, all right, all right, first of all, faster than fate, as powerful as hope, able to lift us all, I hate that. What's the second one, faster than fate, and what's the... Faster than fate, as powerful as hope, oh. able to lift us all. Instead yeah. of, uh, you know, faster than a, what is it? Uh, 
able to leap tall buildings faster than a speeding bullet blah blah i hate i hate it uh that being said i love everything else about superman son of kal-el uh, well, well, almost everything. The art is growing on me. I remember we reviewed the first issue way back when it premiered five months ago, and it's not not into the art. It does not feel like a top tier Superman art team. But then again, neither does Justice League this week, so um, that's fine. Um, it's not bad, uh, and I guess it does feel modern for this new modern take on Superman. So uh, yeah, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying his trials and tribulations. I, I like uh, everything that's going on in this book. He definitely deals with things that his father didn't deal with uh, or refused to deal with on a larger scale. Uh, I'm enjoying that, and um, and uh, I guess that's kind of it. He's been aged up. He's a teenager. He's having his first romantic. Wait, someone had said that he had had a relationship with. Um, so one of the Legion. Who was that? Oh yeah, Saturn Girl. Saturn Girl. Um, well, and now it, he's it, starting a relationship in this issue. Ish, like um, lots of gooey eyes and good intentions, yeah. but he wasn't in the. Well, I mean, I mean, it's it wasn't on the page. It was just in between. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they fucked hard. Um, it was a it was a whole <laughs> it was a whole six issue yeah. arc. Uh, just. Yeah. Of just that. Just core. Of Hard that, yeah. core. I, I mean, it makes sense. It's Brian Michael Bendis. The, he deconstructs everything. The pages, the pages stuck together, and I didn't understand why. Or it decompresses. I'm sorry, decompresses. Um, I think this is delightful. I don't usually care about Superman, uh, but this storyline, I'm all caught up on, and I'm really enjoying it. What did you think? No. Oh, um, I ca- I thought you were gonna go to Brian first. I caught up Surprise. on I, 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 I caught up on uh, on all the issues this week because of the big thing that everyone's talking about mm-hmm. in positive and negative ways yep. uh, about his love interest. Um, so, yeah. spoiler: John is bi, um, yep. and he shares a kiss with Jay Nakamura, his um, his love interest, who is a reporter for the Truth, which is an online kind of YouTube-ish uh, publication. Um, and it's just a great subplot. Uh, and it was done so naturally, and their flirtiness has been in every issue. And there's there's nothing shoehorned or inorganic about this. It's really, really well done. Um, th- mm-hmm. I love the voice of all these characters. So I, I, mm-hmm. I know we're talking about the fifth issue, but I think it was the second issue where it got to the whole conversation between Clark and John as to what to do as Superman or why are you not doing this or why are you doing this? Um, which, you know, it's as a teenager or a, a young adult having a conversation with your parent as another person, as opposed to a father figure for the first time is really, really interesting, you know, like challenging him as ways that a 12 year old wouldn't or a 10 year old wouldn't. It's a really great conversation. Clark's answers were really, really great. I like, I, you know, this is just a really, really well done book, and I don't know. I, it hooked me. Um, the I'll double that on the art. This I this is John Timms is serviceable. He's got a very cartoony pop style that's really great on teen books and all ages books. But this book, the way it's written, though it's irreverent and very light, it also has like it has weight and gravitas in a lot of the themes that they're playing with. And this art doesn't reflect that. 
this is Teen Titans style art, not a Superman book. And I it's like it does the job like 75, 85 percent of the time. It's like um, I just I just wish it was a little bit heavier in prestige, I guess, you know, Maybe just a slightly different style, like an Ivan Rice kind of style, just a little bit more elevated, right? I agree. I will always want Ivan Rice to write to to draw something. Yvonne Rice, yeah. Yvonne Rice, yeah. Um, I like the art, and I agree with all of those things about it being, you know, like a lighter, younger sort of style, like younger character sort of style. And so even though I like it a lot it might be working against him seeming like Superman a little, you know what I mean? But there's also, of course, what's really doing it is that we all have known Superman to be Clark Kent, his father for our entire lives. Right. So, I mean, but you're aware of it. Yeah. Um, I would, you know what, if, if you took, if you took Bruno Redondo from Nightwing and put him on this book, it would be a different, mm. heavier book. Mm. Same exact writing yeah, and yeah. everything, because that book has the same, you know, light style, but heavy themes. And just just the fact that he skews slightly more photorealistic in his facial expressions makes it yeah, yeah. Um, gives it more gravitas. Whereas Tim's work or John Tim's work just doesn't. That's just not his style. I just I like yeah. I would I would swap. I, I wish I could swap a different artist on this to give it a little bit more heft. Yeah, because that's what's... Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be awesome. Um, it, but that's what he is, as Jonathan Kent, and in story and out, are trying to impress upon you that, like, this is Superman now. And, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think a, a different art style would aid that a lot. Um, I like the conversation with The Flash. I always like that kind of thing, where it's like, you're the only person that I can talk fast enough to, you know, that can yeah. understand me when I talk this fast and take care of this, I gotta go. Um, so that was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a cool story. It's sort of a classic Superman tale of, like, I can hear everything. I know all of these things that are happening, and I need to go, say, you know, save them. Um, and I thought it was really effectively delivered. I didn't realize this was their first kiss, yeah. In fact, I thought it was so. I missed the last couple of videos. Like I have them, but I just haven't gotten to them. And so I just jumped to this one for the show today. And um, and w- people have been talking about him being bisexual and being with this with this guy for like so long. I feel like, and I thought it had already happened. And then so when he's like, "Oh, I gotta go," and it was like, "Oh, you know, it's a little awkward," but there is this whatever's happening. Um, I was like, well, what's the big deal? <laughs> like, he just, yeah. of course he's got to go save it, but it being their first kiss, that would be, uh, you know, a little bit of a bigger deal. Well, I, I think it it, um, it went to press or went to print and it got leaked, so they just did an announcement. I think it was around the time oh, that gotcha. the third issue came out. Yeah, I was going to mention this. Todd Engel left a note, which is pretty interesting. This is one of him, this is the one of him kissing a guy on the cover. It's not on the cover, but yeah. Well, one of the variants is like them close. Do you think DC is trying to be inclusive or just going for clickbait since it pisses off a certain segment? I have my own uh, thoughts about that. Knowing, having read tons of Tom Taylor's work and knowing him as a public figure, um, I do not think that this is DC trying to be anything or him as a writer trying to be anything other than tell stories. 
this it, it is not inorganic, nor do I think oh. that they would do anything at this level of professionalism just to own dipshits online. I honestly do not think that that's a thing. It's it's the yeah, other I side mean, that only up. it's the other side that shoots themselves in the foot to own the libs. It's not mm. it's not a corporation yeah, that's doing don't. it. They don't give a fuck. We don't do things to, yeah. to own own the other side. We just exist. Um, yeah. What? Uh, so, yeah, I do not 100% do not think that they're doing it to piss off a certain segment. That's a weird, that's a weird thing to do. Um, uh, what, what I am, I mean, what they are doing is they're being more inclusive. They are very specifically, in the same way that Marvel tried this about five years ago, with all new, all different Marvel, we had... Um, a female Wolverine. We had uh, new new uh, characters introduced. Right, there was a new Miss Marvel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, and uh, the reactionary types had a fucking meltdown. I was tickled. Jane Foster was Thor. I, I was absolutely tickled. I thought it was a rena- like a renaissance. Is that what I want to say? Yeah, like, yeah. It was a very <coughs> exciting time to be a Marvel fan. As someone, I am forty three years old. I am. T- a foot and a half in the grave already and I've been reading comics almost that entire time so when they do stuff like this to me as a longtime fan I get excited I'm like oh great I don't have to read the same characters all the time I am more than happy to share the spotlight with new types of characters that show us new types of um uh perspectives and all that sort of stuff I get I get fuck, I can see I'm like yum 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 give it to me so um it occurred to me recently that this seems to be DC's time to be doing that sort of all-new, all-different Marvel Now initiative where we've got a return to legacy characters, which I absolutely love. One of my favorite things about DC over Marvel for the longest time was their legacy characters like Kyle Rayner and Wally West. And the only difference here, we're, we're going back to that, and the only difference is, is that we're not just getting more white men. Right. Mm. We're just getting different perspectives and I'm super stoked. I'm, I'm totally here for it. Um, I don't think they're doing it to piss anybody off. I think they're doing it to make money because that's how yeah. businesses work. And if these if people weren't buying these books and excited to see these new perspectives, they wouldn't be doing it. So uh, I, I but I, I also am fine with that. Like, if, I'm glad that it's selling. I'm glad that it's um, being well-received. Go ahead, Noel. Yeah, no, it's it, two things can be true at the same time. So I know a lot of people will be like, well, it's a fucking corporation that's just trying to make money, so how can it be a good thing? Two things can be true at the same time. It is a good thing that editorial and a writer wanted to create characters that are more inclusive. It's also a double bonus that they can market that and gain so, uh, like gain new readers from it. It's two things can be true at the same time and they don't negate each other. Capitalism is how good things happen or is, is how uh, like art is propelled. It's fine. Just let it happen. If you don't like something, don't buy it. And then if enough yeah. people don't buy it, it'll go away. That's it. I, so I also the reaction I agree with, with everything with, you guys yeah, have yeah. said, but I also would not discount the ability um, for anger to generate sales and notoriety to generate sales. And corporations are not above using that, right? Like, corporations want to make money. And if they thought that doing this would piss off people in such a way that it would 
cause uh, more people to buy it, they would do it. I don't. Uh, I don't think I that think. that's this instance though, because that, I don't think that, it that is contingent is mean, not large enough to yeah. actually have any kind of sales bump. It's just a very, very vocal, hyper minority who still buy it. I also don't it. think this is that kind of situation where no. this is not annoying people in that way yeah. that they're going to like check it out just to see what's so don't. bad about it or or whatever it is or that the increased notoriety now the increased notoriety mm-hmm. might right if those people get upset then people who see things more like uh the three of us do and might be more willing to check it out because they see people that are behaving like jackasses talking negatively about it um all that being said i think the creative impulse behind it is just to tell this story, which they think is a good story to tell both artistically and. Oh, um, uh, a great thing in the book too, that, um, again, it's a terrible thing that I read all four issues in one sitting, but, uh, (laughs) Tink and Aerie show up. I think in issue four, they are from Tom Taylor's suicide squad run. Uh, oh, cool. They are a group of mercenary slash eco terrorists who, you know, tussle with the Suicide Squad. They are, you know, activists. And the fact that they work with this Jay Nakamura character uh, as a part of the truth. It's just a really, really great subplot that's going through a couple of his books that I think is really oh, interesting. Cool. Is he still writing Suicide Squad? It was just an 11 issue done? run. Yeah. Just a really quick run. Oh, okay. It's a really good. It's a really good story. It is. Yeah. <clears throat> Highly recommend. Uh, I, I also like the idea. Tom Taylor does, actually. Yeah. He, he's the one that doing Dark Ages. and. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Steel, right? we got a Tom Taylor yeah. corner this week. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay, uh, I think it's a cool idea also that um, Jay is not somebody that is likely to be in danger. Oh, yeah. It's uh, wonderful. He's a he's oh, a meta yeah. 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 That was cool. Yeah. That's he's a, like, I know. Interesting twist. There's a whole thing there, especially, you know, coming off Lois and Clark, where Lois is right. constantly in danger <clears> and Superman has to constantly <throat> worry about <throat> it. And he has to worry about his his wife versus the rest of humanity. And um, this character, he uh, becomes intangible. So yeah. nothing can hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Mars says uh, the new Suicide Squad has been really good, too. Which is, um, I think, I think she's talking about the current Suicide Squad, not just Tom Taylor's. The um, everyone should pick this up and trade. This is a really like the sixth issue comes out next month, and then it'll be collected. This is a great or, series to jump on. Or every single issue has gone back to print, so you could probably go to your local comic shop. I ordered in a bunch of the reprints. All five issues are on the shelves right now. Oh, oh I, I thought they were back ordered. That's awesome. That works too. Jump on it in real time. But yeah, I, I like this a lot. This is really good. Uh, also, I like his costume. It's rare that I yeah. see like a, a redesign of Superman's costume, and uh, I, don't, I really like it. I don't it. like. I don't like the belt. It's too. Belt it's too X many. I, I really don't like the belt at all. But I really like the insignia and the and the the cape. Yeah. Would you like the belt better if it wasn't just like a nondescript circle and it was another S shield? It, it literally look yeah. It, I mean, I sure. I, I'd like it. I'd like it better. I'd like it better if it wasn't that belt. I don't. I don't know what the solution is. I just know that I don't like right. just the and, giant red circle. Yeah, it didn't really occur to me, but now that I'm looking at it, it feels like it should have a purpose. He's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so 
It's not holding anything up, and it doesn't carry yeah. anything. It's just yeah. a red circle. He put his regular clothes in there, you know? But he has oh, no like secret identity. Flash's ring. <clears throat> yeah, like the Flash's ring. Or Superman used to have a pouch in his cape. John, he would do that John is not in school. He has no secret identity. There is no reason However, for him to wear anything over under anything. Yeah. However, I <laughs> yeah. really did like in, what was it, issue two... Where yeah. he tried to have a secret identity and it lasted one page. Finn, <laughs> Finn Connors, just gone. Finn, yeah, Finn Connors, and I was like, oh, he's, he wears a blonde wig. His name is Finn. This is interesting. Oh, never mind. It's it's over. It's terrible. <laughs> it was terrible on purpose, and I loved it. Yeah. Um. All right. Let me get uh, too many, too many tabs. Here we go. Remove. Okay. Here we go. Next book. Speaking of the Tom Taylor tip, we're going to stay on it with Dark Ages, number three from Marvel Comics this time, with art by Iban Coelho. After the lights go out, strange things lurk within the darkness. The Earth has been plunged into darkness, and Avengers and X-Men have begun vanishing in the night. They have been taken and twisted by Apocalypse to serve an evil order... Oh, an evil older than the world. A group of heroes will assemble to travel across the dark planet in a desperate attempt to rescue their friends and save a civilization already on its knees. This is just fine. I'm cutting straight to it. This is just fine. Uh, I really love everything that Tom Taylor writes, but for some reason, this specific book does not tickle me uh, i think it's it's interesting enough um it, it just doesn't have the hook there's something about tom taylor's writing there's always some sort of hook that really reels me in and really keeps me engaged and uh the dialogue is usually snappier and more entertaining this one just is not speaking to me um but it's fine it's fine what did, what did you think brian um well First, I wonder in the synopsis that an evil older than the world itself. I don't know what that is. It's from the first issue. Apocalypse, but it's the very it's yeah. But the are thing they serving? Existing. Yeah, he wants to. So that thing. All right, it, so in Dark Ages number one, turns out there yeah, was yeah. not uh, like in Eternals the movie. There's not a um, the celestial celestial age. inside the world. There is some other kind of being inside the world that, when it births, will destroy the earth. And so. The reason that the world has been plunged into darkness is because of the fallout of stopping that creature from exploding out of the world, out of the earth. So um, what Apocalypse is trying to do is reactivate that thing that's inside the world. Oh, I mean, I forgot that part that Apocalypse was like on the side of that thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, I liked it. I agree with you uh, to a degree. Like... I think I'm enjoying it maybe a little bit more than you, but it is not, there's nothing extraordinary going on. It's kind of like a post-apocalyptic story. And the first issue and even the second issue I was, I was really into this one felt a little more, um, normal. Uh, I don't know. And, and also it suffered from a, a character making a very stupid decision, which is not entirely out of character, but, like Quicksilver runs in, he sees Magneto, and he's like, "Well, I gotta, I gotta try to save him right now." Like, we'd just like run back, deliver the information that you were there for. The whole group is going. You'll have far better chance of success, you know. And also, um, you, JD, you were just scrolling through. Uh, if you go back, 
I don't know, a few pages to when they're discussing that page on the left, the bottom left corner. Uh, not this page, the one that you were, the one that you were just on. There you go. The the bottom left corner there. These two <laughs> characters, they're talking about whether Tony Stark is alive or not, and they seem. <laughs> Invisible Woman and the other Mary Jane seem like pretty happy to be pointing out, right? Just like in the art, they're like, we don't even know if he's alive. <laughs> yeah, just the facial expressions, yeah, aren't aren't sort of uh, right. They're like smirking. what they're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't even know if he's uh, alive. Yeah, like <laughs> pepper pots. You got one on you, <laughs> you idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Retaining hope, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, but overall, like it was cool. Um, you know, real bad stuff's got to happen in these in these stories, and it did. Um, and uh, I, I was the last page reveal was pretty cool too. I think. I think what we have learned is that the guy that we weren't sure. Oh, was, yeah, it's Miles Morales. Yeah, it's Miles. I think that's Venom and Carnage. Yeah, it's three of them inside together. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. That's a cool remix, future apocalypse kind of idea. And I, you know, I don't know if I'd buy the next issue, but I wouldn't mind reading it if we did it for the show. If we followed the whole thing through, I'm sort of on that fence. Earth you know? is like a big old egg. That's that's yeah. that's been in like ten different stories, guys. Yeah, um, yeah. You guys are you guys are too used to. Tom Taylor that pulls at the heartstrings. This is, this is like digital first injustice. Tom Taylor that was just pure pulp. I'm gonna murder people. It's gonna be just flashy, quick, and enjoyable. And that's what I'm getting out of this. This is like okay. uh, this. This is reading exactly like that injustice book that no one was paying attention to until it got really popular. Like the, he does crazy weird stuff, kills people, uh, makes it hurt. A little emotional beat here and there, a dumb decision here and there. No one's safe. It's this is just popcorn. Um, mm. But comparing this to some of the other more current stuff that he's working on, it is the lesser of all. But it's still that's that's a it's still a higher bar than some of the shit that I'm reading weekly. So I'm enjoying True. this. Yeah, it's it's I would not compare this to Nightwing or Superman or the. Mm. Uh, 12 secrets or or seven secrets or really just anything else that he's currently re, uh, writing on a monthly basis but it's still better than a lot of things and i'm still in, kind of enjoying it it's just it's this is trash this is trash this is good trash <laughs> oh, okay we talk about that like i enjoy this as much as i enjoy like fast and furious 11 this is trash it's great are there's really are there really 11 of them oh there will be when they're done there's up to nine when they're done, is that it? Like they're yeah, it's supposed to be like a uh, the tenth one in two parts. You know, Harry Potter oh. style. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Is it? Is it? I've never seen any of those. Or any oh, of wait, are we, ca- are we counting? Are we counting? Are we Are we talking about Rocky and Fast and Furious? <laughs> you should watch at least Rocky one. Are we Are we counting Hob- Hobbs and Shaw? Because then it is twelve movies. God damn. Do you want to count it? I'll count Let's it. Let's count it. 12 movies. He's not afraid to All count right. it. He'll count it. Yeah, I'll count it right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's right in front of you. Justice League number 69. Nice. DC Comics, Whoa. written by Brian Michael Bendis and Ram V, with art by Phil Hester and Sumit Kumar. 
The super spies of Checkmate poke their sneaky noses where they do not belong, and the Justice League are not happy about it. In fact, most of the League isn't even happy Checkmate exists. Setting up Checkmate versus the Justice League. The super spies versus the super... Guys. In Justice League Dark, Zatanna is locked in a battle with the greatest sorcerer of all time, Merlin. So earlier in this show, I mentioned artwork not being, in my humble opinion, worth uh, top-tier DC books. And I, I threw a shot at Justice League. Uh, it's drawn by Phil Hester, who uh, I think the first time I ever saw was drawing the... Um, gosh, what was his... Uh, Green Arrow by... Yeah, Green Arrow oh, by uh, Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. Yeah. Um, he, it, it, he, I don't like him on Justice League. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Um, this artwork, yeah. uh, not only is it kind of strange for the tone of the book, but the layouts are kind of brutal at times, wherein I couldn't figure out where I was supposed to be reading from one panel to the other, <coughs> which is very frustrating. But... Um, also, I don't care. I don't care. I was yeah. really excited when Brian Michael Bendis was begun coming over to DC. I like Naomi. I like some of the stuff on Superman. Um, but uh, all of this Checkmate stuff, boy howdy, I don't give a crap. Um, <laughs> I, when the big reveal about who Checkmate was meant nothing to me. Uh, it still means nothing to me. Mark, what's his nuts? Um, and I just don't care what's happening with Checkmate and Justice League. Like, some of the dialogue is kind of fun, I guess, but nothing, yeah, nothing about this really spoke to me. Nothing entertained me all that much. Um, I, I'm hard-pressed to remember any of the scenes particularly well. So, what did you think, Brian? Uh, I absolutely agree about the art. I like this art. I don't like it at all for the Justice League. Right. Yeah. Like if this was Justice League Dark or Starman or something in that kind of like Starman, sure, yeah. Yeah, right. I'm thinking of course like Jack Knight Starman. Yeah, it just that kind works. of reminds me of it. Yeah. Um something offbeat or occultishly magical or something like that. Um I think Plastic this art man. works really well for it. Not for the Justice League at all. Uh like Superman in this page looks I don't know, like a 1940s boxer or something, you know, like a caricature of that. But, um, uh, and even, even the one that panel a couple of like two pages later where he gets hit is an, an interestingly done panel when, when I think about it, but it's confusing in the page. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. It looks like he, him getting hit is coming out at, yeah, like he's exploding out of his own chest or something like that. Yeah. Is that what you were looks, thinking? Yeah, yeah, it looks like he's... First of all, I didn't realize it was Superman. Then, right. upon second inspection, right. I went, oh, that's Superman. And it looks right. like he's being blasted into atoms. He's, like, on fire yeah. and crumbling away like paper. And then the very yeah. next page, is oh, he's fine. Yeah, oh, he was just on fire for a second. <laughs> and, uh, and I got to tell you, I find... I've never liked Bendis as much as Ultimate Spider-Man, I yeah, think, yeah, you know? same. And it's just, 
bendest out for me. Like yeah. his way of writing, the way that people talk, and the conversational rhythms and that kind of thing. It, like, uh, you know, Superman gets hit by the thing. He's like, was that a was that a was it a projectile? He was like, it was a a someone, but I didn't get a good look. And it's it's hard to put your finger on, but it's it's that particular kind of Bendis, well, Michael Bendis writing style that I don't know. I don't think fits every character at every time. Um, even Kellex the robot kind of talks like that. Like I can't put it into words. It was stolen. <laughs> it's like well, hey, that those were pretty descriptive and apparently accurate words to with, uh, with which to put it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just think. On top of not caring about the story is another issue about, I don't know, checkmate deal. <laughs> yeah, it's not what I'm looking for in a Justice League book. Um, it wasn't terrible. Not a, nothing that I'm saying means it was terrible to me, but yeah. uh, it wasn't great either. Uh, I have a couple things to say about this. All right. You guys, Did you like it? Uh, Now's your time. Buckle, buckle your seatbelts because we're about to go for a ride. <laughs> Um, I have been reading all of this, including the checkmate stuff that's happening interspersed between these issues. And they're telling like a one type of story thing. And the only real like overlapping characters are Oliver Queen. This is like a big Oliver Queen super arc that you're only seeing a piece of. Oh, Um, this I I hate this art. Um, I have no issues with Phil Hester, but he's done a couple of these issues and this thematically suffers from the same problem as Superman Son of Kal-El does to me because the art just is so blocky and colorful and it does not have any kind of like gravitas or weight to the story that they're attempting to tell in each book. It does not match. It does not fit. The layouts do not help his dialogue pitter-patter yeah. at all. Yeah. The, the things at, that you're talking about panel. there. Look at this pace that yeah, I have. What, who's what who's talking first and in what order? The the, yeah. the things that you're talking about, his dialogue not functioning, 90% of that problem, other than just his style, 90% of that problem mm-hmm. in this book explicitly is the is the page layouts and the the, yeah. the, 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 the word balloon placement. It's not the dialogue yeah. of the people. It's the fact that I've, I have to work so hard to make sure that I'm doing the small bits of dialogue in order so it feels yeah. natural. It's like, come on. Um, it's like he got Phil Hester to do a subpar impression of Michael Evan Oming, who yeah. still would be wrong for this book. So I like I, I just I, I this is probably this is probably the low point in this Justice League run thus far. Let me just let me just take that and flip that. Um, Michael Avon Oming is uh, a bad impression of Phil Hester. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but Michael Levon Wing is is one of Bendis's boys, so it's like he got Hester to do a bad impression of Oming, his boy, on powers, gotcha. and it still doesn't work because even if it was Oming, I don't think it would be right for this book. No, no matter what. Um, I miss David Marquez, and um, some of the so a lot of the fill-in artists have have not been that bad, like at all. Scott uh, Godlewski was great. Um, which is a name I don't hear often. And he's he Bendis took him and he's doing the Justice League Legion of Superheroes series. So it's like Steve Pugh. Steve Pugh was really good. Um, and then I think I heard one of the fill in artists for this are is going to be Simon Kudransky. Oh, no. Which might be a reason to drop the book. I, I'll also oh, no. uh, hang on, it might be a reason to drop the book, but probably I'm probably not going to. 
because so I was I was on the fence of dropping this book for so long because I skip with a passion the Justice League Dark sections. With I've tried reading them. I hate them. I've I just closed now, the book before now it even I just happens and you whip it. Well, the first couple issues, like, oh, I'm paying an extra dollar for this story, so let me try and read it. I hate every single second of it. I don't, right. and I, now I just skip it, um, and I don't know what's happening. But they're getting rid of it, <laughs> and right. and uh, Bendis is going to write the whole book now. Uh, so I'm like, oh, I'll stay on because I prefer just to have one story uh, and not this extra one that I don't care about at all. Uh, but then. You know, Kadransky's going to do some of the art, and I'm like, oh, Kadransky, you got me, and then you pull it away, and then you got me, and then you pull is that it away. Who this art is here? No, no, no he oh, he okay. did. I was going to say, I like that art. He did some, um, he did like an arc or two of uh, Action Comics when Bendis was on it, and the story was great, yeah. but the art was just so right. weird. It was like a uh, think Mike Diodato, but Clay, huh. and less oh, After Dan Effects. Reed says- I love Justice League Dark. Ram V is great. A lot of people really like it. I am not enjoying it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I just haven't read them. I, you know, I, I have fallen behind on the Justice League proper, and as goes that goes the Justice League Dark. Yeah, every sure. every single time they relaunch Justice League Dark and get a new creative team on it, I sample it, and yeah. every single yeah, time yeah. I cannot bring myself to care. I read <laughs> I read the JMD Mateus stuff. Didn't like it. I read the Tinian stuff. Didn't like it. I read um, some of the uh, uh, Steve, uh, Pete Milligan stuff. Didn't like it. And I read some of the Ram V stuff, and I didn't like it. So it's it's never going to work for me. Yeah. It's just never going to work. I don't uh, know. The only thing I don't like about them is the name. You know? They're not a Justice League. If they just, yeah. Oh, you mean yeah, Shadow Pact? Yeah, they just didn't call themselves that, then... Shadow Pact? Yeah, if, if there was a book called Shadow Pact, like... I mean, not that I'm not buying it just because of the title. That's when I liked but, it. Yeah. I liked Villains Unite. I liked the only time yeah. I've ever liked Justice League Dark was the six issue lead in to Infinite Crisis almost 20 years ago. Good, that was a good right? miniseries. Yeah. Acts of Vengeance. Acts of Vengeance. Yeah. That was one. Yeah, that was really good. Um, yeah, I, I, for all intents and purposes, I would assume Justice League Dark would be right up my ally. And uh, every yeah. time I'm just like, oh, here we go. New number one. Nope. Oh, wait, shit. I don't care. <laughs> well, let's move on to Spider-Woman from Marvel Comics. Number 17 from Marvel Comics. Written by Carla Pacheco with art by Pere Perez. Lights. Camera. Action. But. Jess is still recovering from the epic showdown with her brother, Aeternum. I... I turn, I turn them, a turn. She decides to visit her friend, stuntwoman Lindsay McCabe, on set. But wait, those assassins aren't in the movie, and they're after Lindsay. An all-new, all-action Spider-Woman arc starts here. It did. It started here. It's true. Yeah. Um, I have not read uh, an issue of Spider-Woman since probably number two or three of this series. The one that we read for the, for the show. show. But I liked yeah. it, right? I was I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. I'll probably stick with it. I didn't. I didn't stick with it. I don't stick with anything yeah. ever because um, I just don't have time. I do have a baby. I do have a baby, but I don't have time. And uh, I was kind of excited to try this out. I was like, ooh, it's an like, in-between. I wasn't sure. It was either an in-between issue or the start of a new arc. Either way, I was excited to, to try it out. 
And uh, she's back in that nonsensical costume, which is cool. Uh, it's a cool looking costume. It means nothing to me because it does design wise, it has nothing to do with spiders. Uh, and has frustrated me no, since I, I the seventies. I think it does. I always thought it was supposed to mimic like a particular kind of spider patterning or something like that. What spider? But it is. I don't know. Some spider. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I actually thought this was really fun. Uh, so, Spider Woman Jess has a, a son, and uh, she's trying to balance her work and home life. Um, and she's got friends. She just feels like a like a a well worn character um, who has a history. And I don't know who this friend is, but I like her. I like that she is a stunt woman on for movies, and that we spend the entire issue basically on set uh, dealing with uh, Hollywood and stunts and all sorts of stuff that I find incredibly interesting. So I, I actually thought this—it was—it didn't blow me away, um, but I enjoyed it. What did you think? No, like a C plus, a B minus. It was just nice. Yeah, yeah like, it was nice. I, yeah, I didn't. Um... It wasn't a slog to read because I also have not read any of this series other than what we had uh, the first like two issues that we read for the show. Um, so that was that was a good 14 issues ago. Yep. Um, uh, and this <clears throat> I have just gone back and started reading uh, Black Cat by Jed McKay. Oh, yeah. Um, which. Is this style book? style of book it's it's just like her life and random adventures and stuff but it's done a lot better mm -hmm. so i think that that was a detriment to how much i liked this <coughs> because i was okay. reading this and i was just like oh this is cute black cat does it better but this is cute <laughs> but black cat does it a little bit better but this is cute i like this is nice like if somebody told me it's one of their favorite books i'd be like makes sense that's cool yeah. i think it, um you should read black cat yeah <laughs> you uh, if you like this you totally <laughs> like black cat um, there's another book that's kind of like this. Uh, oh, um, Kelly Thompson's Captain Marvel. Every time I dip in, it's it's delightful. It's nice, but I never seem to like it enough to just keep reading it. Uh, and this is kind of like that. They're just they're just really well done books. And I'm sure, you know, later on down the road, not unlike with Black Cat, I'll probably just like mainline a handful of issues and be like, I get it. This is great. Yeah. But these side characters are better than are more entertaining than half the shit I read this week in general. Mm -hmm. Like the stunt woman and like, yeah, they're it's just really well done. Yeah. Uh, the art's really good, too. Yeah. And it, yeah, you know, just overall, it's really good. The layout of the fight scene in front of the green screen. This one uh, is very cool. It's also cool that so uh, Jessica Drew's friend is the stunt woman and the the lead actress um, is also in the story. And so those two characters have to look similar to each other without looking exactly the same as each other. Yep. Um, and it's handled very well. Like it, they, it pulls it off. You can tell the difference between the two of them, even though in continuity, they're supposed to be uh, pretty similar looking people. Um, I did not care for the spider woman issues that we read before. Um, part of that was the art and part of it was just some of the nonsensical stuff that I have been like, she, uh, oh, changes her costume. It's just, it was the same artist. Was it the same artist? Mm -hmm. I didn't like that one. Oh. Uh, this I liked. 
Yeah. Neat. Um, I remember that being an issue. Maybe I'm misremembering it, and I did like it. Or who knows? Why why is she in this costume? I don't know. I guess at some point she went back to... Because you remember the one that she had in the issues that we read. She was like, I don't want to associate this with Spider-Woman. So I'll wear a different spider. But it was just, costume. it was just, it was still a weird leotard, but it was just like, had, was yeah. more black than red. Yeah. And it had like webs on it. And, that, and then I guess at some point she went back to, I mean, you I know what? It was that. basically her alt Facebook profile costume. It was her sock so, account. You know, she's <laughs> yeah. got, yeah, she's got her Facebook account that, you know, she uses for the majority of her things, but then. You know, she's got one that she doesn't want her bosses to see, right? So then oh, right. she's got that alternate one that she doesn't friend her boss on. Um, uh, and then, yeah, that's that's what that costume was. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was fine. You know, it, it was an okay little little dive into what Spider-Woman's up to for a little bit. <laughs> Who's I, this woman yeah. on the cover? Yeah, I don't know. The, the, stunt else, I guess. the stunt girl with the blonde wig. That's her. Yeah. Oh, oh, she's a redhead, but wearing a blonde wig. Yeah, because she's a stunt double oh, for the actress. Oh. Yeah, they do. I didn't. Okay. I didn't know that. There's nothing in here that I saw I, that said she was wearing a wig. It, she does make mention of yeah. it. Oh, does she? Um, yeah, she's like, if you think that smells bad, wait till you get to over here. This smells even worse. Huh. Um, I recognize her name, but. That's about she it. might be an old uh, school character that just doesn't get used. Yeah, much. I think so. Uh, yeah, I wonder if it, she's like along the lines of like Hellcat, you know, just like one of those characters has been yeah, around forever. So. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, and the movie star, presumably wanting to try to join the Avengers, is an interesting. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, that I thought up. she just wanted to get them to like show up at a premiere or some shit. Yeah, maybe. I, 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 no, because she's talking about how like she trained fighting with Keanu Reeves guys and I think um, she thinks that that's like all it uh, takes I, d- to, I didn't read that at all yeah. I took it as like uh, I'm so good at this acting thing and I you know I'm good at my own stunts because I trained with Keanu's guys hey can you get the Avengers to go to like you know advertise for me or can you put me in yeah, a room yeah. with them for cameras like yeah I, I thought they were two separate things alright so um, Lindsay, Lindsay McCabe her first appearance was yeah. 1979, Spider-Woman number 14. Uh, her yeah. nickname is Winsy. Um, grew up in Long Island, acting career, bartender, blah, 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 B-movie actress. So, yeah, she's been around f- since the beginning. Since the beginning. Has she had, but she's never been, like, a, like a crime fighter participant in that. She's always, uh, like, a supporting character. Um, I'm Because sc- it scrolling. seems kind of like she would be, right? Like, it's, All right. Yeah. Um, no, it looks like so far she's just been a friend. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, I don't think she was ever, like, a a, a costume hero. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought this was fun. And every time I read one of these, I'm like, oh, I'm going to stick with this. Especially since uh, longtime friend of the show Pink Apocalypse, like, actually loves this book, loves Spider-Woman. Oh, uh, great. Yeah. Um, ooh, Black Cat by Jeb McKay is so good, says Mars Comics, down in the chat. They are correct. That was surpri- I was surprised. Like when Black Cat got her own series, I was like, oh, here we go. I don't know if I'm gonna yeah. care. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, and she's a Spider-Man sort of, you know, uh, side character, I guess. 
And uh, I, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to care about this. And I was like, oh, shit, this is really good. And even her tie-in with um, King in Black was awesome. Yeah, it was. that was the best King in Black tie-in that I read. Oh, no. For me, that was the Immortal Hulk tie-in. <laughs> oh, yeah, that oh, one was great. The silent oh, one. Oh, no, that yeah. was great. Right? That it single no issue. Text. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, all, right. all right. That's my favorite. Uh, hey, uh, here's the promo block. In, in addition to liking and subscribing on YouTube, please like and follow us on Facebook. We stream there as well. Um, Facebook.com slash Podcast. Become a patron to help keep us going. You can go to Patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo and uh, you can give us your hard-earned dollars. If you can't give us your hard-earned dollars or even... Your barely earned dollars, maybe. Uh, right, what if they came easy? Yeah, these if, people? yeah. If you just got yeah. money lying around, and you didn't, barely didn't even have to earn it. All the better. Um, but if you don't have any of that, you can just hang out with us on Mondays at nine o'clock. And really, that's the reason we're here is to hang out with you guys and talk about comics. So um, hopefully, you, you'll you'll be with us uh, yeah. till the very end. Uh, yes. Let's talk about refrigerator full of heads. Wait, JD, can I also mention... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, yes. Yesterday. Yes. That's quite all right. I was going to drop the link into the chat, but I, I just realized for the first time that I don't have the ability to comment because I'm not locked in as anything. But uh, maybe next week I can get for you. Um, so my girlfriend's brother put together a video game called Burn Me Alive and Burn Me Alive 2. Grotesque. And, yeah. And... Uh, um, I just set up a Kickstarter for them because uh, he needed my help to do that. So I, I set up a Kickstarter. They're, they're working out of Armenia. And um, the Burn Me Alive 1 is available on Steam now. It's the first two chapters of this game. It's like nine ninety nine, dollars uh, And then the Kickstarter, they're hoping to raise funds to be able to fully produce Burn Me Alive 2. Um and uh, it looks like a pretty cool game that they've got going on. They've spent all of their savings on the first one. And uh, so they'd really appreciate any help either checking out the original, reviewing it, or if you feel so inclined and you want to see more of that, go on the Kickstarter and help them get it funded. I wish I had time. Uh, I'm a big horror yeah. video game fan, and I would love yeah. to sit and do literally anything, but I can't. Yeah. I'll have to send you, I'll send you the Kickstarter just so you can see, you know, there's images oh, great, included. Yeah. I like I images. I want to see what you, what you think about it. Yeah, awesome. there are pictures, there's even a video. A series of images producing the illusion of motion. <laughs> like, like some sort yeah. of motion, like a motion picture? Like a picture that... Yeah, like, yeah. Like a, like a moving... See it until I believe, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I still I, I would expect nothing less. <laughs> I refuse to believe it. I'll it's all fake it. news. <laughs> These moving pictures. Uh, listen, guys. DC Comics put out a book this week called Refrigerator Full of Heads Number 2. It was written by Rio Yorse uh, with art by Tom Fowler. It took Cal and Arlene one day, <laughs> one day on Brody Island to piss off a homicidal biker gang. And... To find the magical axe so memorably wielded by June Branch one year ago. But what else have Cal and Arlene come to Brody to do? And now that you mention it, where is June Branch? So for anyone who doesn't know, this is a sequel series uh, of a beloved... By beloved us. to me. Yeah, beloved uh, to me and Noel series called 
uh, Basket Full of Heads by Joe Hill. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not going to fill this space. He's just going to. Uh, can you get a smaller bottle of water? Well, I'll tell you, no, I left my regular bottle of water. Uh, my regular water for bottle. those for those listening, Brian just picked up an entire like two gallon jug of water a to his 101. face. 101.4 fluid ounce. It's it, <laughs> of water. It, it's huge. I don't have a copy of it. But Basketball of Heads was the book uh, written by Joe Hill, one of my favorite horror writers. And uh, this is the sequel to it, Refrigerator Full of Heads, delightfully titled, if I may. And it picks up the, the summer after the previous adventure happened. Uh, that that Basketful of Heads was a, basically a home invasion uh, movie slash whodunit slash ancient axe with mystical powers that when you chopped off someone's head, the head stayed alive and kept talking. It's It felt very much like a Tales from the Crypt episode from HBO in the 90s. And that is my reason to be. So, uh, yeah, this is not written by Joe Hill. I was initially uh, disappointed to find out. But then after reading this issue, I went, well, never mind. This is, this is, I, I wouldn't, if I didn't know it wasn't a Joe Hill book, I still wouldn't know. That doesn't make sense. But you get it. Uh, what did you think of this issue? Uh, no. Well, sometimes, well, JD. When a man loves a woman. Yeah. Sometimes you expect something and you get exactly what you expected. Yes. This is just more of the same escalated i thought you were gonna like uh, twist it like this wasn't that no no this would like the um this the whole from jump this has been incredibly preposterous magical <laughs> yes. axes and daggers and you know whatever they kill doesn't actually it reanimates the them and they're and it's not like zombie heads they're fully sentient it's the same person talking to you reanimated um yeah. Well, not reanimated, just never just, unanimated. Yeah, continuing to <laughs> continuing to be animated. Um, yeah. This 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 is like a 1980s horror sequel. So it's maintained the same tone, but it's amped up the violence and it's amped up the preposter the, the preposterousness of what's going on. So yeah. by the second issue of the first. Um, series, it was still a bit of a thriller and a little bit of a locked door mystery and, and you know, like it was still supernatural. This is just straight sequel horror gore, like a slasher and like crazy horror movie. Like there's already been a dozen heads that have been chopped off and a and a shark that's chomping around in it and they break. They, uh, no, I'm sorry, a shark head. A shark head chomping around. They, it's not a full shark, they, it's just the head. In, in <laughs> like, slasher movie franchise way, they inorganically almost kind of, like, shoehorn the characters from the first movie in. Yeah. Uh, and it honestly, probably, if this was real, would have been mis or uh, recast by a different uh, blonde actress. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't even be the same actress. It, they just, uh, I, dis I disagree with a little bit of that. Uh, that I don't feel like any of the previous characters feel shoehorned in. This actually feels to me like a direct continuation of what's what happened last year. Bringing in June 
felt like yeah. an excuse, a narrative oh. excuse to bring in June. That's what I mean. Like, really? This was. Yeah. But th- as a, as a part of the charm of this, of the, the idiocy okay. of this, like they are they have a very specific tone, which is that mid to late 80s specific horror genre slasher kind of Tales from the Crypts. And they're, they're just steering full bore into it. Yeah. Yeah. And to um, me, that also includes like, you know, recasting Alice in Nightmare on Elm Street 5, because whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just it's her by name. Like, you just kind of bring her in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this. This was awesome. This continues to be awesome. Tom Fowler's art is awesome. Very expressive artwork. Very kinetic. Yeah. Very expressive. Lovely. Um, I had mentioned it before. It feels almost like Mad Magazine type caricatures at sometimes, yeah. but it doesn't bother me. <laughs> Yeah, it works very well for this kind of story. Yeah. You know. Other uh, than, other than, you know, I can see why you're saying it looks like she was uh, recast by a different actress. Because I didn't realize who that was when we first met her. Until they mentioned that she was the girl from last, I was like, oh, I, that's her. I, I want it to be recasted with a different actress. I want this to be yeah. like, you know, Fright Night 2 with a completely different Charlie Brewster. Like, that's <laughs> fine. This is, this is part of the uh, amazing charm of Escalation in a sequel, yeah. right? What did you think, Brian? So, did you read it? I did read it, and and I thought about it. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I liked it. It was enjoyable. It was just as enjoyable <laughs> as the first issue, having come in from with like no idea of what's happening. There's a little Norse stuff in there, mm-hmm. mythology stuff. That's cool. And uh, so when they mentioned the names, I'm like, hey, I know that guy. Um, so let me ask you guys. The whose take on what June's experience was is correct. Like she was defending herself against these home invaders or is she like also. So she's not responsible. She was defending herself against the home invaders, but things escalated in that story to the point where she was also. uh, She was she did kill some people. Like two of them yeah, by no, accident, one of them she, by in, in defense, and then one of them she just straight up killed because they were the bad guy uh, at the end. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, originally she was uh, defending herself, and then she uh, was trying to get to her boyfriend who they were after and had taken him away. Okay. So she was Don't trying spoil. to get to save him, and then, um, and then you know, of course, the things escalate from there. I but think there was an accident. She was just what? There was one accidental one too. I think. Yeah. Like the guy in the car or that, that got creepy and she accidentally there was there was one accidental and that became like an ongoing joke where he just stayed in the basket with her for half of the book. Hmm. It's oh, is she the one with the basket? Yeah. Like she was the main character yeah. of yes. the previous thing. June okay, Branch. Yeah. yeah. OK, it's a good name for a main character of a story like this. And she's um, the final girl. Yeah. I just I just finished reading uh, Grady Hendrix's horror novel, The Final Girl Support Group. So I have Final Girls on the Brain. The one girl that survives the movie. Yes, yes. In Nightmare on Elm Street, it's it's Nancy Thompson, um, uh, so on and so forth with um, Friday the Thirteenth and um, all of those eighty slasher films. They they are lovingly referred to as the Final Girl. Oh, I gotcha. So yeah, it was fun. And uh, I agree with you, J.D., about the art, the Mad Magazine style art, but uh, it's cool. I thought, yeah, the art's very expressive and it works. Uh, the title for the next issue is funny. Nothing oh. is certain except Death and Axis. 
Oh, I didn't even catch that. I, yeah, I thought it yeah, said yeah. taxes because I'm just used to death and taxes. Yeah. Death and axes. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and, you know, it caused me to think if two guys showed up and they're like, we're with the FBI, you need to come with us. I wouldn't know exactly how to respond. Yeah. You know no, what thanks. I mean? Like you don't want to you don't want to turn down the FBI if they well, want you to go I with think, them. I think but that are they're they, you know I think that they're part of the biker group, right? There's somebody bad. I don't know because exactly. the biker group yeah, has tons of details about the weapon, and you're like, how the, why the fuck? Also, you still don't know why uh, blonde homie was taking down license plate numbers. I was a little okay, aggressive. Right. Yeah, like, I'm so, still curious about so those we two don't know, protagonists. Yeah, we don't know who our protagonists, yeah. what team they're on, or where they're yeah. coming from, that, and what, the, and why yeah. they know what they know. The bikers thought, you know, we we thought they were just, you know, stereotypical bikers, but then Some all of biker. a sudden they recognize yeah. the weapon and are after it, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, uh, this hmm. it's like it's a weird mad. It's like a it's got a little bit of a mad 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 world kind yeah, of yeah, vibe yeah, yeah. to it too. <laughs> Everyone after this shit, yeah. And I, yeah. I do want to um, uh, eat my words from last review, wherein I was a little disappointed that there was not this uh, chapter break escalation illustration that was going on in Basketful of Heads. Here it is, and it looks like the the refrigerator is going to be slowly filling up with um, you got the sh- uh, heads. Uh, there you go. The shark tooth on the bottom there, and yeah. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got Yazadril, the axe or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And worms. It looks like it says worms. Sure. Uh, well, it's they're bait. fishing as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, of course. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, just, I'm tickled. I love this book. What happens if you cut up one of the heads with the axe? Does that release them? Is there any way for these people to get out of being... Not that we know yet, because even heads? when they showed... Well, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, when she was holding uh, the one guy's head yeah. uh, up to the, the chomping shark head, I yeah. feel like if your head was chomped by a shark uh, into tiny little pieces, you'd be dead, right? Like, that's it. Unless you're just, like, still aware. Yeah. yeah I. But all chopped up. There's yeah. no real indication as to what or how, because even the when they showed the first issue, finding the, the axe, there was still, like, a, deca- a decayed head that was mm-hmm. still awake from yeah, the first yeah. book. At the bottom of the river. Yeah. So that um, that animated head, that alive head was just... Decaying slowly, awake. I guess eventually it does decay. I'm curious about what you know. Now that they're bringing in, they've mentioned a bunch of other weapons that are, Mm -hmm. you know, in some way of the same cloth as this as this axe, um, but do different things. Like I'm kind of curious as Mm -hmm. to if there will be any sort of thesis of these mystical weapons and what they're dealing. What happened in the first issue? Didn't didn't he slit someone's throat and they just their eyes were just stayed open? And yeah. they yeah, got, it did something. It like they got taken away them completely, or yeah, yeah, something like that. So like it, they implied in the art that that person is still aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got the sense that it does something related but different. Yeah, you know, than the axe does. The one thing I do want to call bullshit on, All right. is this scene with the head, uh, the guy who has been uh-huh. recently debodied, and he finds a way to roll around. Even yeah, though he's like, just, just a like, head, willpower like, to roll his head around. How yeah. is he rolling up hills? Yeah, maybe like, he literally maybe is at the bottom in the beach, and he rolls up a grassy knoll to the end of the. He's the, grabbing the grass and just like, oh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, but you still have to have a head 
in order to get purchase, right. in order to wing yourself anywhere, right? Yeah. You have to have yeah. your neck attached to a body in order to have. Yeah. My. I, um, I realize it's stupid, but my suspension. Like, ah. if you don't get decapitated. My suspension. If you're cut like through the middle. Oh, uh, well, then that would. You got an arm then. Yeah, like it. All right. Hmm. The the axe right. slices right. the line of demarcation as to what stays animated. How about that? Oh, so it says it's not just hands. Like I think somebody. Happen. I think it didn't somebody in the first one get cut in a in a way where it was like, hang on, pretty gross, uh, like through his shoulder. But I think that wound up killing him. Right. Yeah, but he was like. So if you cut off like one foot. You yeah. can just kind of be immortal, but without one. Uh, it's a it's a spoiler, so I won't show it. <laughs> yeah, wait it's a minute, a, <laughs> that's true. Hang on, it's a spoiler, <laughs> so I won't show it. But the someone does get in the first one gets chopped from shoulder down across their uh -huh. midsection, and the head yeah. part and the one arm is still animated while the rest of the body is inert. All right. Yeah, I guess whatever part is attached to the. Yeah, like if you like get if, if you idea. use that yeah. if you yeah, if you use that axe to just chop off your pinky toe. You are right. still immortal. <laughs> right. right. Like, well, one pinky toe. Yeah. It's a pretty Norse god thing to happen. That's pretty uh, funny. Nice catch. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Wonder Woman Evolution number one from DC Comics, written by Stephanie Phillips with art by Mike Hawthorne, whisked away from Earth by a distant cosmic entity. Wonder Woman is forced to navigate a series of perilous challenges that push her to the brink, both mentally and physically. At stake is the fate of all humanity, with the alien entities casting Diana as Earth's proxy for a trial, judging humankind's worthiness to exist in the universe. Can Diana stand trial to save humanity without losing her own? I don't care. I, what a weird thing for them to put in this solicit. Yeah, it's yeah, strange, right? Uh, I, every time a new Wonder Woman book happens... I go, ooh, I'm going to try this out. This will be the Wonder Woman. This will be the one that gets me. Uh, I have enjoyed uh, the Mariko Tamaki run. I thought that was cool. I really liked the one by Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang. Yeah. Other than that... Have you tried this one? This, like, most recent? Wonder the, Woman like, Evolution, Wonder number Woman. one? No, yeah, did you read the I did read this one, yeah. about? No, um, no, the one, her series. Like, her, where she's kind of been lost in... Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it didn't okay. look interesting to me, so I didn't even bother. Um, yeah, it's really good, but I, I'm not sure it's up your alley. And the artwork doesn't really speak. I, ugh. Right. Um, it's a shame because I love Becky Cloonan's artwork. Um, yeah, this, uh, I, I don't like this artwork. Uh, I wasn't oh, no. sure if this was supposed to be modern Wonder Woman. Looking at this cover, I thought it was the evolution of Wonder Woman, like maybe her far in the future. Um, uh. I, it turns out, I guess it's current day and um all of the artwork is very stilted and static uh i don't find any of this interesting nothing seems kind of original or particularly uh engaging to me not even this kind of cute conversation with superman in the beginning and rotten eggs and at the end, she gets whisked away to who knows where. The only reason we know any of this is because of the the solicitation I just read from Diamond or from DC Comics. I just didn't care at, at all. Um, but I could have not read this and been just as fine. What did you guys think, uh, Brian? Um, yeah, the art is not great. 
Um, and it gets better than it is on the first page, but that opening page of her, and like you, I, I'm 99% sure it's her, but she's in a different costume. Um, like the close-up of her face just kind of sets the tone, and it's not great. It is, like you said, just, you know, there's a, a number of different things that happen, nothing of which is that new or, or interesting to me. Um, and it's also that conversation with Superman, whereas I liked most of it, it, it reminds me of the kind of thing that happens when uh, something happens in a comic that you don't think makes any sense, but it got written into that comic. So it's like, well, this is how it happened in this story, but in an ongoing multi-writer decades long kind of character portrayal of, of these characters, maybe sometimes writers just put something in that's wrong. And for me, they're standing up there on Everest and the man who goes out in space and hangs Yo, out there. Yes. Needs would like a jacket. Uh, get out of here. <laughs> right? I thought the same like, thing. What are you talking about? Yeah. Right. Two, thing, two things in one scene. He's chilly. He wishes he had a coat. He's all brr. Yeah. And then yeah. you're talking about how there was a time where they were both up here together and uh-huh. we thought we were alone. And turns out there were people up here just out of view. <laughs> and how, you, those people climbing Mount Everest <laughs> snuck right. up on Superman. <laughs> right. Huffing and puffing their way up a goddamn mountain that's covered in snow <laughs> right. with a bunch of tools, no other noises. tools and shit. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, where'd you guys come from? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forgot it. I, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, that was that, was that point was like, it, it, like, I don't buy it. Yeah. I don't buy Superman needs a jacket on the top of Everest. It's a, when have you ever seen him wearing a jacket in any scenario? Um... So, the like I said, the art on one, especially Wonder Woman's face, but um, I say maybe the faces in general, but I think it really is just hers, uh, is not great. Although I do like the costume choices that they've done with her. Wonder Woman's costume is a little more malleable than some of the other, you know, major major characters, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's a little more kind of different takes on it in different books, and I think this is a pretty good one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Overall, so, so the inciting incident of this entire story happens in the last panel of this book, which, which tells me that I wasted my time. Yeah. That's it. Like whether it was enjoyable or not, more so not than it, than was almost is irrelevant because you wasted 22 pages of like story economy to get to the inciting incident at the end and give me absolutely no kind of real hook. Had I not read the solicitation, I'd be like, are there pages missing? What did I, what did I read this inert action scene and three, um, middling conversations for like, why, I'm I'm guessing they'll set up, you know, because it's all about this trial and, and the thing in the beginning, they talk about evolution and whether humanity is worthy. There was a lot of talk about this woman who used to look up to Wonder Woman and has now turned bad. But Diana still thinks that she can be saved. And the little girl looks up to her. I bet a lot of this story will revolve around 
Like that is the thing that she proves in this trial. Um, Sweet. But yeah. <laughs> right. The metaphor sounds great. Yeah. In regards to like <laughs> this story though. I mean, mm. well then that's just, that's just oh, an issue with, sorry. um, with story economy then. Like if you need to yeah. set up a metaphor in order to make your inciting incident and or <clears throat> conflict resound or, or not resound, um, resonate. resonate thank you. Mm. Oh, it's late. Um, resonate, then you do it as efficiently as possible. Not yeah. for prolonged scenes over the course of 22 pages and then then you start your story to each other yeah very unconnected to each other this is this i i struggled with this issue i didn't like it at all yeah 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 i've got um five stars rita gren yeah (laughs) this red light yeah there jd teddy grams this was like um this was like two. Oh, was this a digital first? I would buy it. Oh. I would believe it. I'm not, I would not buy it. I believe it. You would. You would buy it, that idea. It reads yeah. like <laughs> it reads like three separate scenes that may have been digital first. First. Oh, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I could see like the whole thing with Silver Siren being an issue, and then, and then yeah, yeah, all the stuff with Superman being its own issue. Yeah. Definitely. Hmm. So pick it up. Everyone should give it a yeah. shot. Let us know oh, what happens. Uh, above all else that we read this entire week. <laughs> grab this. Grab. Get two copies. Give one to your friends. <laughs> what a bummer. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to talk about before I get the hell out of here? Uh, we can quickly talk about the first issue or the first episode of Cowboy Bebop if you want to. Cowboy Bebop. I watch, yeah, let's talk about Cowboy Bebop. So, I am not a super fan of the original Cowboy Bebop. I know it is beloved, and I think it's very good. It's very, very good. But I never finished the entire series, and kind of, sometimes I fall asleep while watching it. Um... But that's not to say it's bad. I'm also not huge into anime. So, um, that being said, I, I saw the trailer for this, and I was, I was like, oh man, that looks like a lot of fun. I really like what, I, what I've seen of this, and it does feel like the Cowboy Bebop that I have experienced, uh, maybe the four or five episodes that I've watched so far. And I was very excited for it. I think it looked very, very cool. And it seems to feel like Cowboy Bebop. But then... Before I had a chance to sit and watch it, I was all over TikTok. Are people complaining about it and showing you little clips and everything? And so I was like, oh, no, it doesn't seem to be getting... uh, It's not received well. But then I watched the first episode, and I was tickled. You received it well? I received it well. Um, It's the same first episode as it is in the anime. They've just made a live-action version of it. And... I think there are some stunts that are a little stilted. There's a scene where he's like sliding down a table and it just feels very much like he's just on a wire thing being pulled down a table and not just actually sliding. It, it feels like um, 
more like uh, very set up as opposed to kinetic. Um, but other than that, I think the dialogue's fun. I think the actors are all having a blast. I think the cameraman's having a blast. It feels like everybody involved with this production is having fun bringing this show to life. Um, and the key grip, would you say? The key grip nope. is he's killing Hates it. Hates his job. Hates his job. I actually, I know the key grip. We're good friends. We talk all the time. Oh, that sucks. He is the only person on set that is not having a good time. Only person. Uh, You're thinking of the best boy, not the key grip. No, the key grip hates it. Best Boy's a big fan. Loves the craft services. He's into it. Um, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, my my take on it is the way this has been translated from one medium to another feels... Oh, I, I think you're going to say something, and I actually... Can you can you hold it? Are you going to bring up the Frank Miller thing? Yes. Because that'll segue into my experience, because it was your thought that made my experience change. So hold it. Okay. No, seriously, this will work. This will totally work. Narratively, this will work. Okay. So, unlike JD's experience, I have actually watched the entire anime. I've seen two animes to their completion in my entire life. Two series. One of them is Cowboy Bebop. So I'm a a very big fan. Yeah. All seasons. Um, So I'm a very big fan. Soundtracks, the whole nine. I love Cowboy Bebop. I think it's a, a masterpiece. I saw all of the, the the casting I was a big fan of, the idea I'm a big fan of. I am not precious about remakes. Remake everything. Just make it good. I don't care. Do anything. Well, it doesn't matter. So I was very excited about this. I put the first episode on like a giddy schoolgirl. I even, like, my wife doesn't give a shit. She just sat there and let me have this. I was taken aback. Uh, it was... It f- Every all of the it was like a math problem where all of the numbers are correctly there, but it just didn't come to the right conclusion. And it felt uncanny for me. And I was trying to but I enjoyed it, but it felt weird, but I enjoyed it, but it felt weird. So I was trying to explain that to J.D. And then we put the the episode on in the in the shop and he said something that just clicked for me. And I realized why I didn't like it and why now I really do like it because it makes sense. And he said, it's just like Sin City. Yeah. It is literally a motion adaptation of a different thing. And they slavishly kind of try and recreate it. Good and bad. Just like they did with Sin City, where the the hyper aspects of it were, you know, laid bare and kind of recreated in the hyper way that they were. And you either bought into that stylistic choice or you didn't. And as soon as he said that, it just kind of clicked. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're just swerving into the style choices of the cartoon. And it's not supposed to be a realistic. It's not supposed to like it is supposed to be a um, a cover song. And as soon as that happened, I was just like, yeah, no, this is good. This is I like this a lot. I'm very excited to finish it. Great. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's that was my take. And I don't know why I thought of that. It was just as soon as I watched the first beginning, um, the cold open, I guess. uh, And I was like, oh, this just feels like Sin City to me. The way they like slavishly brought the panels to screen almost at the detriment of making a good movie. Um, But I, I think this is a blast, man. I know it's getting like shit on online, but I mean, no, everything does. So I can't really take that. I think that with a grain of salt, but um, I think this is a lot of fun. 
It just as seems like as, everyone involved is excited about it and having fun, and I think that really comes through. As much as I really like that they're doing it this way for the first season, I do want them, if they continue this for multiple seasons, mm-hmm. find your own voice. Yeah. You know, play play around. Like, it, it's like, if this if season one is like learning the recipe and mastering it, make season two and three you just winging it in the kitchen because you're a good chef now. Like, I don't need it to be a slavish recreation anymore. But as a starter, that's pretty cool. I liked it. Isn't there, there's not that much of the original couple. 26 episodes. Okay. And the, not to spoil anything, but from what I understand, the first, this first live action series, which is only 10 episodes, goes a little farther, but stays in like that range for the anime where like some things that don't happen like that happen like halfway through kind of happen here but then other things that don't happen to like episode 10 11 12 don't happen in this first season so they're they're kind of like playing around a little bit but i i I can totally see this going for like three or four seasons if they wanted to because there's also the uh the original series is 26 episodes but there's also a, a movie that mm-hmm. takes place between the 23rd and 24th episode. No shit. It's like an extended. Yeah, because the, the end of the show is a final and it's a it's a finite ending. That's it. Okay. Oh, okay. The, and it's like a three episode arc, 24, 25, 26. And the movie takes place like between 23 and 24. It's just like a was it extended released? episode. In between those two or was no. that like later they went back? In it was, and, it was and after the fact in theaters like a year or two okay. later. Oh, okay. Is that uh, John Cho? Is he the main yeah. character? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Like I, yeah, I think it's it real out. cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and I Kevin really like is uh, down in the in the comments. He's saying, "I finished Bebop last night. I am also a super fan. I really like the visual style of it." It so, it took yeah. me. I, I I just needed to be warmed up to it. That first that first sequence with the, you know, we've seen. Hull's break and the vacuum of space in a thousand different movies and TV shows from like right now or since the way that they depicted it with like very stiff wires and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Was a fucking choice. And I'm not sure I liked it, but it was totally kind of in tone with what they were trying to accomplish. And I don't like what you said when he like slides across the table and it's just like pose slide. Yeah. I'm like, it's a choice. And I get it. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't help. But it's just like I have to. Get, it's like listening to jazz. You just kind of have to like click into it and then just go with it. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I'm. Go- I'm excited to finish the rest of it. I'm also excited to finish the rest of the original series. Uh, I mean, probably not till your baby sleeps, so you won't fall asleep when you try and watch it. That's yeah. the problem. Is I always watch things too late, and then I fall asleep. I get sleepy. Um, all right, guys. That's it. Speaking of getting late, I got orders to do. Ah, then I got to go try and get some other T-shirts printed while my, my kid's upstairs sleeping. Um, that's it. You can email us at coltspopgo at gmail.com if you uh, want us to read it on air. Or you could just come and just write your type them into the... The comment section. Type them in. Yeah, type them in like that. Like spider fingers. And Uh, uh, we will see. Don't forget that down there, that's Brian. B R I A N. Oh, yeah. 
Lieb. Brian Lieb. That's his name. Yeah. Great show, he's guys. The, Thanks. He's the Mars second Thomas. best guest. Yeah. Yeah. Great comics. Comments. Uh, Mars. Thanks. When Len was around. <laughs> he's the uh, second best. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will see you here next Monday, 9 p.m. Toodaloo. We will talk at you later. Adios, Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.